evening. Welcome to Grace Baptist Church evening service. Let's go to the Lord and word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this time in your word. I pray, Lord, that you'd help me to preach thy word, speak to hearts and change lives as only you can. Lord, we want to thank you once again, Lord, for this Resurrection Sunday, the Sunday in which we celebrate your resurrection. Lord, we're thankful for that. And I pray, Lord, that you just help us to learn more about you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, good to see you on here. Uh, let's go to Luke chapter number 24, Luke chapter number 24, and we're going to start here in verse number 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which is from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that ye have one to another as you walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, and answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger? In Jerusalem, and hast thou known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the woman had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures concerning himself. And they drew nigh into the village whither he went. And they made as though he would have gone further, but they constrained him saying, abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took the bread and blessed it and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? So here in Luke chapter number 24, starting in verse 13, we have Jesus meeting uh, two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Now, we don't know the name of one. Cleopas is the other one. 
but we don't know who the, the, the other uh, one was on the road. But I look at this and I think, you know, in reading our text, what can we say about the day this event occurred? This was Resurrection Sunday. And when we see this, I mean, just think about that. The greatest day, the Resurrection Sunday. And without the resurrection, we would have no hope. We talked about it today, this morning. We have a resurrected Savior, amen? He's alive today. And when we look at this, I want you to notice how the Savior communes with man. In verse number 15, it says, it came to pass that while they communed together in reason, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. And I've heard people say before, you know, that they found Jesus. You didn't find him, he found you. Uh, you couldn't go to where he was, he had to come down to where we were. And so here we see that Jesus comes down to them. And, and the Bible tells us in John six forty four. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. Amen? Apart from the Holy Spirit convicting you, you can't be saved. And so the Bible tells us this, that they did not recognize him. Here they were talking about him, and yet they didn't recognize him. Notice their condition in verse number 17. Christ is asking them, what manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? Here they are of a sad heart. I mean, they're discouraged when you think about what happened here. Listen, their condition was they were lost. And I started to think, you know, Jesus wanted them to be aware of what their condition was. When I think back in Genesis chapter number three, when, when Adam sinned, mankind fell, and God asked a question to Adam. He said, where art thou? In other words, he was asking where Adam was. Now, God knew where Adam was, but what he was wanting was Adam to admit where he was. He had just sinned, and that's what he was wanting. And so when we look at that, and, and I think back, and let's go to Genesis chapter number 23. And here we have Jacob. And the Bible tells us in, in Genesis chapter 32, verse 23, uh, 24, let's go there. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him unto the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hath the power with God and with men and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed them there. And Jacob called the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him and he halted upon his thigh. Now here he meets, Peniel means face to face with God. And so he's wrestling with the angel of God 
And the Bible tells us that the angel asked him, what is thy name? Now the angel knew his name. He knew it was Jacob. The name Jacob means trickster. And in other words, in essence, he was saying, who are you? And he's admitting, I'm a trickster. And the Bible tells us that after wrestling with the angel, angels ask, he's asking the angel to bless him. He said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. And so we see the desperation of Jacob. And now all of a sudden we find in verse 28, he says, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. So here he's given a new name. And then the Bible tells us that in verse number 25, it says, in the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then if we go to verse number 31, it says, and he halted upon his thigh. In other words, he didn't walk the same after this event. And, and I think about this, you know what? We're given a new name when we get saved. We become a child of God. And also we have a new walk. Our walk should be different, amen? People should see a difference. Think about this. Whenever they saw Jacob from that point forward, and now he's Israel, when they see him, they said, man, his walk is different. And we should all have a different walk when we get saved. And, and in looking to these guys, they're basically, Jesus is trying to say, where are you at at this point? And notice what they say here. They're, they're basically getting on Jesus saying, where have you been? Don't, don't you know what's going on? Did, don't you know that they, they killed our, our Savior? You know, that's what their, their mindset is, is, is they're looking at a negative. Notice they said he was a prophet. Here they're discouraged in their hearts. He was a prophet. They have crucified him. See, they're talking past tense. But we trusted. He didn't say we trust in him. He said we trusted past tense. So here, they're like many other Jews during this time. They thought the Messiah was going to come and he was going to right then rule and reign. They didn't understand that he first had to come as the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. They didn't understand that. So when he had already told these people that he was going to die, and in three days he was going to rise from the dead, and yet they weren't comprehending that. Instead, they saw Jesus as somebody who was a prophet, and he was crucified, and we had trusted in him. And so here they are. We see their unbelieving hearts. They didn't believe the report of the woman when she said that the angel said that he arose from the dead. And so... Notice his rebuke of the unbelief. Verse number 25. O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? So here he's telling them, you know, wasn't this what was supposed to be happening? And of course, they still don't understand. Now, can you imagine the greatest teacher ever teaching the greatest book that's ever been. Notice verse number 27. And the beginning, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Uh, so here he is expounding the word of God about all the things that related to the Messiah, to Christ. And so here he is expanding to them their they should be on cloud nine. Instead, they're sad because what happened? They didn't understand why. 
And so when we look at this, you know, I, I think about the many times that as a Christian, we grumble, we complain, and many times we mope around as if, you know, we act as if God's dead. He's alive. And you know what? We need to have our hearts right. Now, human knowledge must be understood to be believed, but divine knowledge must be believed to be understood. The Bible is a closed book to those who are lost. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, how did they end up believing? Jesus expounded the word to them. And notice the Bible tells us, you know what? The word of God produces that belief. Notice verse number 28, verse number 28. And they drew nigh into the village, whither they went. And he made as though he would have gone further, but they constrained him saying, abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. So here he's expounding the scriptures to them. And here he kind of gives them a test. He, he's saying, you know what? I'm gonna keep going. But the Bible tells us that these two constrained him. That word constrained means to compel by employing force. In other words, they were wanting him to stay. Now, before they're all depressed and they're talking with him, but when all of a sudden he expounds the scriptures and when all of a sudden something happens and the Bible tells us in verse number 32, what happened? He said, did not our heart burn within us when he talked with us by the way? And so all of a sudden the Bible speaks of a heart burning. In other words, they had heartburn, Amen. And, and they, were, they were wanting to know more and they didn't want them. All of a sudden he's saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go on. And they're like, no, please stay. And the Bible tells us then once they come to the point where they didn't want them to leave, notice what the Bible tells us. And their eyes were open, verse number 31, and they knew him. Now here in verse number 30, the previous verse, it said he took it meat, sat with them. He took the bread and blessed it and break and gave to them. Now bread, you know, we, we talk about the word of God being the bread of life. And Jesus, he's the bread of life, amen? And so he expounded the word and now the Bible talks about him breaking bread. And all of a sudden their eyes were open. You know what? When, when I heard the word of God preached, all of a sudden my eyes were open. I realized I was lost and I needed to be saved, amen? And so here it's talking about that. Our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way. And he opened to us the scriptures. And then notice it says, and they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the 11 gathered together and them that were with them saying, the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. So here we see that the reason why they got to know him as savior was the fact that Jesus came to where they were and Jesus expounded on the scriptures and Jesus showed them 
amen, that they were lost and they needed a Savior. I, I love that verse that says, did our heart burn within us? Now, when you think about that, you know, it's talking about burning. You know, when our heart burns, when our heart's on fire, you know what? We're going to have a changed life. They rose up and went and told others. You hear they were confused and sad and, and depressed. And now all of a sudden, their heart burns because of the word of God being spoke. Their eyes are open. They understand that Jesus is there with them and he's alive. And so when we look at this, I looked up that word burn. It's from the Greek word kaio. It means to set on fire, light, burning, to burn, to consume with fire. And I looked at some of the verses that dealt with that word kaio. And what's so sad is this first one I want to look at, I hope nobody listening will face this. In Revelation 21, 8, the word kaio here, is the word used burneth here. And I want you to listen to the verse. It says, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and those whore and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth, kayo, with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Here it's talking about hell and the fire there that's gonna be a, a fire that just never ends. And I hope that you listening, that none of you will have to face that. And you don't have to. I want you to go to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. We want to look at chapter number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. And verse number 9 says this. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now, some of the sins that are mentioned here, some of the sins that were mentioned uh, back in Revelation 21, you might have said, well, you know what? One of those or maybe several of them involved your past life. But I want you to notice what Jesus says right after that. Verse number 11, he says, but such were, past tense, some of you, but ye are washed, present tense, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified, how? In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. And so here, when you trust Jesus as your savior, the Bible says we are washed, we're sanctified, and we are justified. In essence, the greatest trade that was ever made. I traded my sins which Christ died for, for his righteousness. What a trade, what a deal, amen? And so here we see that he's saying, you know what, these people deserve. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. But he's saying that if we trusted Christ, we have been washed, we have been sanctified, that means set apart and justified, amen? And so this Bible tells us that 
Once saved, we're always saved. The Bible says we're kept by the power of God. And so as a child of God, you know, we should also have a burning. Uh, the Bible talks about John the Baptist and he has the key to it. John the Baptist said in, in John 3, verse 30, he said this, he must increase, but I must decrease. Look how Jesus described John the Baptist. In John chapter five, verse 35, he said he was a burning, guess what word that is? Kayo. He was a burning and a shining light. Amen. His heart was burning to serve the Lord. He was a shining light. People could see a difference in his life. James chapter five, verse 16 says this, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That word fervent means bubbling over or boiling over, amen? So a child of God is gonna have a burning heart, man. He's gonna be wanting to serve the Lord with all his heart. He's gonna have that desire. This is what Paul said in Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, what Paul was saying is, he said, I'm di I've died to myself. I'm crucified with Christ. And what he's saying is, the, to have that burning heart is when you allow Christ to live in you. Amen? Let his works come through you. Amen? He's the one that has the power. Don't let your rotten flesh try to serve him because it's not going to do any good. You need to allow the spirit to guide and direct you. And so when we look at this, I think of his life at the end. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter number 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Now this is Paul near the end of his life and he's talking to Timothy and this is what he says in verse chapter four, verse number six of Second Timothy. He says, for I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at a hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course and I've kept the faith. I want you to notice he says first, for I am re now ready to be offered. The word used here for offered is the same thing in the Old Testament talking about a drink offering. A drink offering is poured out, amen? It's poured out upon the altar. And this is an act of worship and an act of devotion to God. And in other words, he was saying, my life is an act of worship to God. Since he got saved on that road to Damascus, his life was an offering to God, amen? People saw a difference in the Apostle Paul. They saw a huge difference in him. He went from the chief of sinners to the chief of saints. And I've heard people tell me before, you know, you don't know what I've done in my past. You don't know how bad I've been. Well, all I know is the Bible says that Paul was the chief of sinners. And God saved him. He can save you. And isn't it good that you can serve him the rest of your life? You know what? What's so bad is a lot of times when, when a person gets saved, we have a tendency to let the devil beat us over the head with our past. 